And what's happening, everyone? It's Kyle from Magpie Twenty Four Seven, and we hope you're all good. We thought we'd take a a week after the season, uh, a couple of weeks actually, but we thought we'd take take a little bit of time. Uh, obviously, Paul's done his man in the van. I've done a video with uh, with Jack from Gallagher Shots. A couple of things here and there, but we're back to the crisper things. We're back to the to the meat of the bone, Paul. The the, the podcast where it's all at. Um, it's been it's been a couple of weeks, mate. Um. And it's it's one that we've been building. We we'll, we'll, we'll want to combine it a little bit. We don't want to do like the same video twice and uh, the same podcast twice, where we're talking about player ratings for the season and then a keep ourselves video afterwards. Because I think it's just counterproductive. You're seeing the same things, same shite. So I just thought we'd do it all in one. But it's going to be cut into two. Um, so we'll do this in one take. But with my uh, top dollar editing skill, editing skills. No, number one, number one for editing uh, <laughs> on the entire platform. I, I mean, a couple of disagree with us, but hey ho. Uh, I'll, I'll cut it in the middle, and uh, well, you, you'll have to because when we get to Christian Atso, you know I want to get a little bit upset. I want to get a little bit emotional. <laughs> you know, you know how these things go. <laughs> I spot you, dog. But uh, uh, yeah, just for the records, after the last podcast, I do not come from Teesside just for the. Uh, for the record, oh, yes, T side my ass. I come, from, yeah, County Durham. Uh, now, <laughs> yeah, residing a little bit further away, but just to set the record straight, yeah, Spenny lad. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, I thought I thought you may have something to say about that. Oh, yes, you, you got a comment, now, but um, uh, comments are good, barring the ones where we're calling Paula Paula Smoggy, but we'll we'll crack into it. Um, We'll start with the goalkeepers, Paul. Um, I think it'd be fair to start with Carl Darlow, because obviously Dubravka picked up a couple of injuries, well, picked up a major injury in the summer of last season. And yeah, Darlow, we were there, weren't we? Yeah, we are shitting ourselves. Uh, even the, one of the first podcasts was saying, Christ, Carl Darlow's going to be in goal. What kind of season is he going to have? And to be fair to Carl Darlow, he was absolutely phenomenal. A couple of games in that first part of the season where all we did was defend, we stayed 20 yards backwards, um, five at the back, three holding midfielders, hope for the best. Carl Darlow to get us results, had to make four or five saves a game. And he was... Yeah, we're, not talk, we're not talking like a Manchester City job where you might have one or two saves per game. This was, the ball is being peppered at our goal left, right and bloody sender. And in the best ways of Batman, Superman, he was literally flying all over the place. Um, would I say that he's the best keeper ever? No, I wouldn't. But he's certainly a fantastic shot stopper, mate. And he came in. We were shitting it. We were like, why can't we get a lone keeper? Why can't we do something? Why can't we try maybe somebody else, a like Gillespie or, or well, anybody who we've got around, basically, bar and Darlow, because I think we were both a little bit put off with the towards the end of the championship run that he had with Rafa uh, and his distribution was going and his confidence, literally, I think his confidence ebbed away a little bit and we didn't see the best of him. But he come in and, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think the, the goalkeeper coach spoke a lot and very, very highly out of the fact that even though Dubravka was out, he was uh, mentoring him uh, and giving him encouragement and there's very much a strong bond between our goalkeepers. Um so there was definitely there was no need to worry, absolutely no need to worry whatsoever. Uh, a very very capable understudy for Martin Dubravka in uh, Carl Darlow. 
Yeah, 100%. Mate. I completely agree. In terms of rating, I'm going to give him an 8. Uh, start strong. I think he's had a phenomenal season. Um, even even if you rewind back a year and listen to the podcast that we did, I, I think we both said we'd sell Carl Darlow. So for him to come back in <laughs> without any expectancy to do anything, he's had, a, he's had an amazing season. Probably dropped at the right time, I think. We were kind of saying he's making a couple of mistakes here and there, but it's not going to overshadow what was an amazing season for Caldwell. No. And I think if Dubravka had a longer stint of injury um, and Debra and, and Darlow stayed in between the sticks for a little bit longer, I honestly think he'd have been the third choice goalkeeper for the England Euros team. It's, it's um, a possibility. It's a definite possibility. Sam Johnston, mate, you know what I mean? Um, and I think Darlow's a hell of a lot better than Sam Johnston. But, yeah, um, I think, think Darlow can count himself really unlucky. I'd have probably gone a, a good... Strong seven out of ten, either seven, eight out of ten, but that little bit of uh, a curtail at, at the end of his run. Uh, but I just think towards the end of the run, he was between the sticks and he was looking back at that bench and he was seeing Martin Dubravka. Now, Dubravka is the club's number one, and Darlow knows that. Um, and we've we've talked before about the command, the extra presence that, um, that Dubravka has over Darlow in the box and the command of his defence. Um, you know, because we're we're a team who doesn't um, we we don't keep clean sheets at all. I think we only kept we kept seven clean sheets the entire season, uh, and that's with two keepers who have played out out of the you know out, out of the skin. But I just felt when Dubravka came back, uh, we, you know, Dallow had a little bit of a wobble, a little bit of uncertainty, and I think Bruce kept him in maybe one or two games too much, but. As soon as Dubravka came in, um, it was harsh on Darlow. It really, really was. But it was the right call to make. I'd have said a seven out of ten. You'd have said you said an eight out of out of ten. I'm, I wouldn't. I put a seven on the screen, mate. So we'll see a seven. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have split theirs over over that one. Uh, and I think Darlow's been a fantastic uh, understudy. He's not a, a number one for Newcastle United. Uh, and there's huge decisions to be made. I think over the keepers this summer because we've got Woodman back. We've got uh, Dalo, we've got Gillespie, we've got Dubravka, um, and the num- the numbers just don't add up. They really, really don't. No. Dalo's a, a fantastic start to do. You know, looking at the squad and everything, and uh, it, it's going to be difficult to decide now as opposed to before on on keep and sell because there's so much up in the air at the club. There is, yeah. You know, um, I think the way we should put it, mate, is if assuming a takeover doesn't happen. If a takeover does happen and we're all pissed and we're all having a great time, we'll do another one of these. But until then... Oh, um, that would be the same as that. <laughs> but um, I, I will assume it's not and, and we'll just see it. But to get into this keep ourselves with Darlow, it's, it's harsh. And I know I've said he's had a good season and he's proved a lot of people wrong. But I would sell him, Paul. <laughs> I might yeah. get a lot of shit for that. I realise that. I can feel the comments coming alive. The reason, I, I do agree with you. The reason, I, the reason I say this is because I feel Carl Darlow needs to be a number one somewhere. I feel he deserves yeah. it. You know, the season he's had. Dubravka, for me, is number one. He's my favourite goalkeeper. And I think Newcastle's best goalkeeper since Shea Given. And yeah. it's just a tight spot for, for Carl Darlow, especially with Freddie Woodman coming back. Um, Gillespie in the background as well. And a couple of others coming through, like Hawk and stuff. No, I don't think... He, I, his name's not Hawk, is it? It's um, Dan, uh, Dan, Danny Langley. I got the one from uh, last year, Hawk. But um, 
no, I, I, I just think Darlow needs a first team space where he can where he can settle down mm-hmm. and maybe even try uh, try and get that England spot because I feel mate he deserves it. So yeah. it's not a sell for a lack of performance. It's a it's a case that I think we need to sell him and con- take into consideration as well how low the rumour transfer funds are going to be. I think that you can get six to ten million for Carl Darlow and that can go towards uh, a saying for next season. It's a flipping joke that we'll have to do this, but for me, Darlow sell. Uh, sell. Yeah, it, it's it's with it's with a, a heavy heart, which it wasn't when we did this previously and hasn't been, but it, it would be with a heavy heart that you would say for the benefit of his career, I think he's about 30 year old now, which for goalkeepers is still quite a young, decent prime age, but he isn't going to be first choice in Newcastle. It's just a simple it doesn't matter whether the takeover goes through, it doesn't go through. Uh, even if we were to be relegated, you know, he wouldn't have been first choice keeper at, at Newcastle and he does deserve uh, more than, than he's getting at Newcastle. I think if he went to a top end championship club, a low end Premier League club, maybe a promoted club, I think he could do a, an absolutely fantastic, um, you know, fa- fantastic job for, uh, you know, say like a Watford or somebody like that coming up to the Premier League and uh, looking for players who can step up and make the step up. He would be absolutely fantastic. So for the benefit of his, of his career, uh, because you don't want to be... I mean, if you look at Steve Harper, who's a long-time understudy, do you want that for yourself? You know what I mean? I know you're probably settled in the area. You've got your, your best mate, Jamal Lascelles, there and everything, but I just think for, you, for your career. And you're quite right. Under the Ashley structure at the moment, literally, uh, we've barely got enough money to pay the electric bill. We can't even afford a bit of Jay's fluid around the stadium, mate, to keep uh, things looking a little bit uh, more dapper than what oh, they are at the moment. Uh, so yeah, unfortunately, it would for six to ten million pound, I would sell Dalo uh, reluctantly, uh, and I think he would get a very, very good reaction when he came back to St James's Park. You know, a la Tim Krull for Norwich, if you remember. Yeah, um, I remember that because uh, every time Krull has came to Newcastle back, he's done well. He's always had a nice reception. Even when he's a sub, he's always came to the, the Gallagher end uh, to lay his respects and stuff, which is always well. Going up slightly off topic, but I do agree with, this, agree with what you're saying there. But we'll go on to the next one, Martin Dubravka. Obviously, missed a lot of the season. When he first came in, he made that slight mistake against Wolves that probably cost him three points. Doesn't help the manager didn't tell Jacob Murphy where to play, mind. Um, that was absolute uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, no, uh, he, uh, got a bit of a bit of a rough start, and then he started really coming to his own a little bit more, making save after save. Uh, the save he made at Leicester, I remember uh, particularly well. It, he's just a phenomenal goalkeeper, mate. But for me, over the course of the season. I can't give him any more than Darlow, mate. I think Darlow had as good a season as what is what uh, Martin Dubravka had. So I'll give Dubravka a seven. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, would be what I thought as well. I think if Dubravka had a longer stint, it would have been higher. Same for Darlow. But um, with them being part and parcel over the over the course of the season and stuff, I think I think seven's fair. And I think next season Dubravka will be a massive thing for us. But um yeah. it's not really up for debate, is it really whether we keep ourselves called or low? Because you know, he, for me, like I said before, best we've had since given. He really likes the city. He said some really nice things in his um 
the tune video video that they do, um, where yeah, they the get yeah. fan questions and stuff. He said some nice things about the city and about the football club. So I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. And yeah, for me, keep Martin to Bravka. No, absolutely, no, no brainer. To me, mate, he could be a Champions League level elite keeper for a top side in any of the major leagues around okay. Europe. And I think I think we're lucky to have him. Uh, I think you're right. He's a definite number one. He's the best keeper, in my opinion, that we've had since uh, Shea Given. He's up there in the top couple of keepers that we've ever had, to be honest. His command. Um, yes, he's got the odd mistake and stuff like that. But you look back, Shea Given had the odd mistake in him. Um, you know... I remember Dion Dublin. Uh, you know what I mean? There's always the thing is with a goalkeeper, if he makes a slight mistake, mate, if he makes a slight mistake, the ball's in the back of the net. So everybody seems to remember that a lot more. But no doubt about it, Dubravka is absolute class. And technically, for where we are, which is a lower end Premier League club at the moment, unfortunately, he's probably, you could argue, maybe too good for us uh, in, in the current terms. But certainly, if you're building a club, and if you think, and possibly if the takeover was to uh, was to happen, he'd, he's a player that you could quite simply and easily keep, build some other players around it, improve the squad, pad the squad out. Uh, and if Newcastle were competing in European action, he would not look out of place one little bit. My worry, if we don't qualify for European uh, competition shortly, on top of losing the likes of your Alan St. Maximans of the world, a Dubravka is a really, really prized asset. If, I, if I'm a foreign club, one of the top ones in Italy or Germany or France or Spain or England, I'm certainly going to be known about Martin Dubravka. But yeah, 7 out of 10, very, very fair. If he'd have played all season, possibly higher. But he's a he's a top uh, keeper. Uh, he's got that command, that presence. Um, and he's again, he's got he's got the connection. He gets it and, and it proves the old adage, mate. You don't have to be born in anyone to get the football club. Don't listen to what journalists pipe out about Newcastle being Andy, anybody uh, from abroad, from down south. You know, to say that's a perfect example of it. The crowd love Martin Dubravka. He loves the, the fans uh, back. We were there for the Sheffield United game. Yeah, and he got an extra reception. And he's interacting back with the crowd and stuff like that. He gets it. He buys into it. He loves the city. Loves the club. I don't think he's going anywhere. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't sell him, no matter what the fee. No matter what the fee that they put on the table. A bit no. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, so Martin Dubravka keep. So we'll move on to the to the third choice goalkeeper now, Paul. Um, Martin, is it Martin Gillespie? Because I was going to, I was just about, uh, it's Mark Gillespie. Mark Gillespie, I, Gillespie. I was going to say, he's <laughs> only from the 90s, Kyle, how he uh, pipe down. But, um, I, will, I tell you what, Keith, if, if you're watching, he does, and you can check this, he does follow us on Twitter. So you never know. Aye, you never know. I'd love I'd love to have him on at some point. But um, going on to Mark, big Mark, <laughs> big Mark Gillespie. Um, right. I wasn't expecting this lad to play much, Paul, but with the, Injury to Bravka in the cup games, he really got a chance to play in them. And with Newcastle making a quarter final, unbelievably, um, yeah, he, he got a couple of games. I'm about wallpapering, <laughs> wallpapering uh, over them cracks again, are we? Yeah, um, I mean, Gillespie, he, he played, he's played, I think he played three or four games this season. He played yes. all right versus um, Blackburn, where he 
where we got peppered, to be fair, and we were lucky to win the game. Made a couple of decent saves. Um, Newport were kind of dragged through. Um, and he made a flipping howler of a mistake. And, like, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm being really... Probably a bit shan with this, but I'm gonna give him a four. Um, it, it's, it, it's a tough spot. Obviously, he's been behind two decent goalkeepers this season and and stuff like that. But when you haven't played much, I've got to magnify on what he's done wrong and that mistake versus Newport probably not down by one. Yeah, taking into consideration, mate, the opposition that he's done it against. It's it's not exactly. Um, you know, Manchester City or, or, or you know, that type of quality. It's lower league quality that he's made those errors against. It's a fantastic story. A lad who's came up through the system uh, is at the move sideways in order to move forwards. So he's gone round. He's done a little bit of the travel. He's been up to Scotland. He's been around some of the lower leagues. He's came back to Newcastle. A fantastic story. A local lad who gets it. Um, and he's looked decent in, in the, some of the little bits, but you can't, as you totally... Uh, correctly touch on you can't disregard some of the uh shockers in there he's not done enough, uh, enough leader, yeah um but i think you're right with your four out of ten i'd have i'd have gone for four out of ten as well um and he's there's got to be major major heat on his collar uh from um from woodman returning uh you know back from loan from yeah, down in south wales sure. uh for, for swansea um, and I, I think we both know that uh, Gillespie won't be sold. He'll be given opportunities. And maybe he may be the number two at the club next season. It's very well possible. If Darwin's sold, if Woodman's sold, then think, possibly he could be second choice. I think Gillespie will be third choice. And that's why I would keep him. Um, I know it, like you're probably listening so far and you're like, Dahl got an eight, you want rid of him. Gillespie got a four, you want to keep him. <laughs> if you've turned off now, I understand. <laughs> but, <laughs> right, I'll explain. I think with Woodman coming in, I think he'll be number two. Dubravka's your number one. Um, Darlow, I think, will be sold. And then Gillespie is your third choice goalkeeper at Newcastle. It's well known over the years, we've had shit ton of problems with goalkeepers. Um for then remember when we ended up with Jack Anik? Um or, or like when we've lost when we've lost for then where we ended up when we still <laughs> there's a backstory about Jack Anik at the moment he's been cropping up. Well I don't know if many people will know about my football manager exploits but I was having a goalkeeper crisis now I nearly had to re-sign them because things yeah. <laughs> were getting that bad they really were between the sticks. Um but yeah it's it's a name that keeps popping up that one. Aye Jack Anik I mean Probably the worst goalkeeper I've seen, but it's it's a bit shocking because he wasn't ready. But yeah, yeah. I, I, we've had some goalkeeping crisis crisis over the years, mate. And I just don't want what to repeat that because if Dubravka gets injured, he's shown he has he can do that. Um, if Woodman was to get injured or Dahl or whichever way they decide to go on that one, um, I mean, don't get us wrong. I, personally, I think they'll sell Dahl, but if they don't, I'd be more than happy to see him stay. Unlike last season, where yeah. I'd, I didn't think he had much in him anymore and he could have moved on. But he's went to prove us wrong, so fair play to him. But I'd keep Gillespie on the basis of just his depth. Not any, not 
he, I don't think he brings like a quality goalkeeper at the team. I think he brings a solid goalkeeper, someone who can come in. He's got experience, and yeah, I think he's that type of goalkeeper. He's never going to be a number one. Um, he's he's there in case a disaster happens. Yeah, so I think, yeah, I think for me, I think for a third, a third choice yeah, keeper, Gillespie isn't isn't bad. Uh, you know, the experience that that he's had to have a third choice keeper who's gone out, who's done well up in Scotland, he's done well in the lower leagues. Uh, you, you know, you're, you're thinking uh, along the lines of a Rob Elliott, very, very similar, uh, you know, like, like that. He's had he's had experiences, he's done well, but he's happy to be third choice at the club. And sometimes it's 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 about building the squad. It's not so much about just having a first 11, because then, like you said, if you get injuries, you up shit creek without a paddle. You need that squad. Uh, Darlow, I think, deserves and out of more respect than anything else you were saying, we would sell Darlow uh, and keep Gillespie. Um, yeah, I, I, w- I would say exactly the same. Um, I, I actually do think that Woodman is going to be sold. I think he's going to be sold to fund the fact that we've got a chronic shortage of uh, transfer funds. I think uh, Woodman will go uh, for decent money. I think he'll go with a large sell-on fee and maybe a buyback price. But I do think Woodman will go. Uh, and I personally think that Gillespie could well end up as the club's number two goalkeeper um, because I think the need that you could get six to ten million for Darlow, you could potentially get maybe twelve to fifteen with a hefty uh, salon fee, etc., etc. For um, for Woodman, so it, it, you know if, if you're talking maybe what twenty million pound plus for two players when yeah. you've got Pravka with what twelve to sixteen million pound the rumored transfer kitty. It's it's decent money. And then you put that together, and you might be able to afford one, two, or three players to bolster to bolster the squad where with Fred Bear and other areas. Or it could get you a Joe Willick. I'm just throwing that one in now. I know we're not going midfielders, or, uh, but um, yeah, that's my midfielders will be part two because um, obviously we've got like 27 centre backs and two right backs and four <laughs> left backs. So yeah, I think and that, that, craft as well. But. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's interesting that you think we'll get rid of both Darlow and uh, Woodman, mate. I, I think we'll keep one of them and we'll sell one of them, but I can see that. I, I don't think Woodman will want it. I, I think it's, 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 a bit like, it's a bit like a drug. He's gone out there and he's been the first choice. He's been the man. Uh, and I watched him in particular in the playoffs against uh, Barnsley over the two legs. And he was really, really decent. He was really decent. He kept uh, Barnsley at, at bay with a string of impressive um, saves, plus one in particular where he made a save, but then his ability to recover really well and get back up and make the second save was fantastic. And I just think if you're that lad, um, I'd be sitting there thinking, do I really want to sit on the bench or do I want to go and be a, a number one somewhere? Again, Top end championship club or a promoted club, um, you know, and even the likes of Arsenal, mid table Arsenal, um, you know, they're, they're interested in it. And Aye. could we use it as a bit of incentive again to get that certain midfielder that we'll get to in part two? But um, yeah, I, I mean, I would use any tactic necessary to be able to free the finances up or to oil the wheels to get a certain, uh, yeah, certain Joe who scores a lot of goals. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you do make an interesting point, mate, for sure. Um, if it meant we got Joe Willock, I'd probably do that as well. Yeah. We're going to move on. I'm the granny, to be honest. If we could get Joe Willock in, <laughs> I'd it out. See you later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
we'll move on to right backs. Um, yeah, this is going to be this might be half the podcast, just a, just a precursor for what's to come. <laughs> I think Paul knows what's coming next. Um, yeah, I've got my Sweden top. I've got my Sweden top. I've got come on, how is sweet? Emil Kraft, Paul. Are we getting rid of him or we're we keeping him? I mean, I mean, we'll start off his rating first. I don't think he's had a he's had, he hasn't been great, has he? Uh, there's been a lot of games this season where he's been shambolic at fullback, where he has not been up to the, up to scratch. He's been getting mugged, <sighs> mugged more times than anything. Just hasn't been there at all. For me, I think he's been my worst performing right back. Um, I'm, I'm just checking my facts. I'm just checking my facts. 20 games he's played in this season, mate. Jesus Christ. 20. That shows you. If, if you if you don't walk into St. James's and see the fact of the need for TLC, paint and J's fluid everywhere, then if you look at the playing squad and see Emil Kraft making 20 appearances for Newcastle, that should also set the alarm bells off because he is absolutely and utterly okay. shy. The yeah. saying of a used wet wipe came from that lad and his performances. Because yeah. he is about, to me, he's about as much use as a used wet wipe. Steve Bruce, yes, Steve Bruce, seems to rave over this lad and think he's, I, I don't know, like a defensive uh, Henrik Larsson or something like that. When I see him, I just see, I, every time the ball goes near him, I'm like, please don't fuck up. Please don't fuck it up. Please just get rid of the ball and give it to somebody well, else. The champions. And, and that was that was a definite high point, and it was Shearer esque, and that's the greatest compliment, and the only compliment that I would give to Emil Kraft. But uh, honestly, honestly, he's like the Swedish Titus Bramble. I just, I just don't like him playing. I don't trust him, mate. He's a right back or a right wing back who Bruce seems to get some sort of. Um, Titivation from playing in centre back, and and he talks about his his pace and stuff, and I get, I get why you would think our three centre backs need a little bit of pace, but he's 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 got no pace. His positional sense is all over the shop. He has the odd average game. I think he's better at the, in the three centre backs than at right back, but um, he's bad. I mean, keep or sell. I'd free transfer this. I'd, I would. I'd free, free transfer him. He's he's shocking. He's he's um he's the cells. You know what I mean? He's the Matt cells, not the cells. Matt cells. Yeah, he's, he's the Matt. I'll give him free. I think free the generous free. There's been so many games where he's been ripped and you asshole, mate. But I think he's went up from a two to a three just for that header against Man City. I'm easily pleased. Well, I'd have gone from a zero to a one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, all right. I'll knock it down to one then, spot on. <laughs> uh, so we'll stick with the one for Emil Craft um, and keep our sell. Definitely and most definitely sell. But will Bruce sell him? <laughs> oh, no, no. He'll be sitting there in his Swedish top eating his meatballs, putting his flat pack furniture up, Brucey, watching it home with Mrs. Bruce. Uh, and say, oh, hasn't he done well as Sweden get pumped six or seven? That that would be what's happened. Yeah, I mean, he's he, nah, he's, he's just not he's not the not the greatest defender. Like, and... You're going to find out on this keeper cell. I, I'm I'm 
I don't believe. I, I know Mark will be listening because he listens to all of our stuff. And I know you like sitting on the fence, Mark, but you know for a certain fact that we ain't going to stink a tree sort paint, uh, mate, and we've got no splinters in our ass. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, sell, free transfer, anything. Loan them out to Sunderland. No, no, look, he did well there from Tower and Header and that. But, uh, <laughs> no, nah, we've got to get rid of Kraft. I think he's dead wood in the team. Uh, I don't get this thing that he's a utility player. He's shit at centre back. He's shit at right back. Yeah, he's, he's a shit utility. Um, not for me, like not for me. Um, yeah, he'll probably probably do well in a lower league, like a championship or a or a, or a league at Earn, like where he came from. Or, yeah, or, or got a, like a, Dutch, a Dutch league. Yeah, do well in one of them, but just think it's too physical for him in the Premier League, mate. He's not fast enough. Um, and he only seems to do what do well when he's got plenty of protection around him. Um, so for me, one well, I'll I'll stick with me three, you stick with your one. Um <laughs> and yes, yeah, definitely sell. But uh, we'll move on to the next right back, and I think uh Javier Manquillo, he's had a bit of a bit of a strange season, mate. Um, to be honest. I think for him to be behind um, Murphy and Kraft at points this season is um, is a tad embarrassing because he obviously... Yeah, and he's only he just... Said one right back. He was doing all right, and then he started just to... It seems, it seems to me like he's fell off a bit of a cliff, mate, this season. Hmm. I don't know what's going on um, because he was re- rewarded uh, after last season with a new contract and at that point he was playing some decent stuff I previously and prior to that I mean I had humble pie over Javier Manquillo because he, t- he seemed to turn it around um, now I'm not saying he was fantastic uh, defensively but offensively he was putting in some wicked crosses uh, you know f- from right back and doing some great performances um, so yeah then I, I, I changed direction and I said look I hold my hands up he's doing a lot lot better he gets a new contract and you're like he, he, he clearly deserves that uh, but then when we're struggling at left back and struggling, struggling at right back or right wing back left wing back and he's on the bench and he's not included you, you are scratching your head to say well is there a problem has there been a falling out is there something um, wrong with his training because he just wasn't getting the opportunities this season that he's had previously. Um, so it, it is really, really peculiar, but he's got a, a, a decent contract now and a few years on it. Um, I can't see Bruce selling him. I really, really can't, but I, he hasn't made enough of an impact to give him a, a great score at, at all. But You know what I mean? I don't know what you yeah. think. For me, I think he's just had a really shit season, Paul. Um, he's never been given the. He's been given chances. He hasn't played well when he has been given chances. For me, he's been better than Kraft. Obviously, Bruce has chosen Kraft at points in the season over him, and even then, Murphy, who we'll touch on in a minute. But for me, I, I, I've got to give him the same. My my rating is the same as what I would give Kraft three out of ten. Three out of ten. Right? Um, and I honestly think. To go with it, mate. Like I know Steve Bruce mightn't sell him, but I would. Um, I know he got rewarded with a with a new contract and that, and he deserved it at the time. But for me, I've, I'd sell him straight away. I'm just um, at his stats, mate. Um, 
on our good friends at the Premier League. Hey, Cockmaster. <laughs> what? Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Richard Masters. He'll, he'll be spending his time looking at this. Actually, uh, he, he knows how much of a, of a great supporter of his I am. Uh, he made 13 um, appearances last season, just 13, um, and we kept three out of our seven clean sheets when he actually played. So there's a little bit of a, a fly in the uh, you know ointment. Tackle success, um, 58%. But it is it's it's a it's a strange one. Um, I, I think I do think Bruce will keep him. I do think he's going to be around in the squad. Um, but thirteen appearances all season, mate, isn't no. isn't what he's he's going to be looking at. And 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 how can you build up much much of a case for the defense if you can't get much much game time? You know, um, yeah, yes. scratch your head on this one. You see, for me, I've got the same logic as what you have for the goalkeepers, for the right-back. Newcastle need a new right-back. Personally, with the wing-back system that we deployed towards the end of the season, I think if we've still got Bruce and we've still got Jones, we will still keep that. I don't rate me, uh, Jacob Murphy as a right-wing-back, but I think he'd be a good second choice for a new one coming in. Um, so, therefore, I would get rid of Kraft and I'll get rid of Manquillo, generate a couple of million... And then buy a new right back with that money, um, and and hope it's a hope it's an improvement on what we will get because I know what Bruce will do. You'll see El Mohamedy on the transfer market. He's thinking, oh, I used him at Wigan, Villa, and Sunderland, and he's a good right. No, nah, can't be having that because we can't replace Bard with worse. So you need to get rid of the name Emil Craft. You need to get rid of Javier Manquillo, and you need to bring in a decent right back. Don't go for the cheap option on this one, Bruce, because we've needed a right back for a long time. In fact, who's our who's our best who's our best right back of recent times? Probably Daryl Yan. I, I, honestly, I'll go as far as saying Newcastle still haven't replaced Debucci when he left in 2015, 2016, yeah. um, in terms of a quality right back. I mean, Yan Matt showed his glimpses. Um, yeah, yeah, they are good yellow Yedlin was good in the championship. Craft uh, is flipping useless. Manquillo had, has had one good season in four. So. You know, it eh, was still haven't replaced the Bucci, uh, to be honest. Right. And, and time after time, mate, you will see uh, when you sat here watching uh, watching back at home with your fake crowd noise on and this that, and the other, watching um, watching the TV. Um, you will see time and time again that opposition sides target our right hand, our, our right back slot all of the time because you've even got Jacob Murphy in there who is a winger who's playing. In an unfamiliar position, or you like you said, you've got Emil Kraft. Who it's it's like winning the lottery, finding out that Emil Kraft's on the team sheet for an opposition, uh, you know, player. And there's just loads of loads of space, and 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 we've got to tighten up the defence. We have only kept seven clean sheets last season. It's not enough at all. If we are serious, as Bruce keeps banging on about about breaking into this top ten, we need to be able to keep a few clean sheets to take the pressure off. Um, and it is a major weakness. It's an it's embarrassing how Newcastle haven't themselves, the coaching team, the setup, the scouts haven't said we are getting absolutely destroyed down this side all the time. We need to do something about this and get a specialised person in for the position. 
And like you said, keep an understudy so you still got the squad to pan out to. Uh, and I like Jacob Murphy. I, I, I do. I, I like him attacking. But in the games where we're up against it, um, yes, he's a great out ball because he's got pace and he, he's, he can be direct. And I think his crossing's improved a little bit. Uh, and he's wicked on football manager, let me tell you that as well. Um, but defensively, if you are playing against Newcastle, you target that side all day long because yeah. you know you're going to get joy. You're going to get joy all the time. You're going to get in behind the fullback and then you can whip a ball in um, and you're creating chances against us all of the time. We need more clean sheets next season, mate, if we are serious about getting better. So it's an area of, of great concern for myself and stuff as well. Yeah, I completely agree, mate. And I, I think they move on to Jacob Murphy, and it's probably the only right, the only position, like the only player in this position where there's a little bit of praise to come the way yeah. of Jacob Murphy. Because back in the last season, we thought he was out the door. He just finished alone at uh, Sheffield Wednesday. It didn't look like he was going to make a career at Newcastle United, and it was kind of a bite the bullet, heavy heart thing because he's a local lad, but. This season, mate, he's came in, he's been playing out of position. And yeah, he is suspect at times, but he, I think he's had one hell of a season, Paul. Mm. It does offer you a lot going forward, mate. Like I say, I, I'm not, it's not a Slade Jacob Murphy thing at all. You know, you're asking a player to do a job out of position, similar to what Matt Ritchie's done. And he's done, he's done, he's done well, more than decently, he's done well. To be in an unfamiliar position, and he's given it his all. He clearly cares about the the club, the shirt, the badge. Uh, he's played twenty six appearances this season, to two goals, um, and he's scored some. It's big, you know, big situations. He's had a couple of absolute peaches of a cross. One in particular, um, where yeah. I remember him uh, getting in. Um, it was the Sheffield. Um, was it the Sheffield game where West he gets? Yeah. And yeah. Crosses in, cuts it back in. Beauty of, of, of a one. Important contributions to, to games. Um, and going forward, fantastic. It's not his fault that he isn't trained and he isn't of that mind to, to, be, to play the defensive side as much. Uh, and it's up to the three centre-backs, whoever plays on the right-hand side of that three, to be able to coach Jacob Murphy through the game and, and to get that defensive work done. And it's up to the coaches on the training pitches over there the likes of the summer to really work on his positional sense and and just getting him a little bit more aware of what's going on behind him. But he's out of contract, and at, at the moment, I know the the retain this came out from the Premier League didn't mention anything about Jacob Murphy, um, but he is out of contract. I hope the club can sort something out for him. Um, Twenty six appearances, two goals, um, and being involved in a lots lots of uh, you know good stuff. I think certainly another couple of years, if you could get another two or three year contract out of him, I would yeah. I think I think there's definitely a squad player there, Paul. Uh, I think he's had a really good season. For me, seven out of ten. No, sorry, eight out of ten. I thought of the I thought of the cross against West Brom. that put from a seven to an eight for him for me it was that good of a cross. Um probably the best cross I've seen in a Newcastle shirt in particular, probably since um Remember Kennedy's cross against Bournemouth for Rondon's header? Yeah. Probably, probably that level. It was re it was a peach of a cross. Um, and he's had a really good season, stood up in big games, scored that free kick against Wolves, scored that goal against Burnley, the equaliser. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I think he's played well. 
he's a he's definitely offers Newcastle something something going forward. A little bit suspect at the back, but I would take him at right wing back over Kraft and Manquillo. Yeah, it would be my first choice with with a current. If, if I was dropped in as manager, and heaven help John Joe Shelby if I was, but if I was dropped in as Newcastle manager over the summer, uh, I'd have no qualms about about playing the lad. Uh, I'd just tweak it so that the three centre backs weren't so absolutely clueless as to think, oh, it's all right, you'll take care of the defensive side. I always used to remember back in the day, the Keegan days, um, they used to joke on with uh, David Ginola. They used to say, there's no point asking him to track back because he isn't going to track back. What you've got to do is, is to work it in the system so that there is cover for the fact that he doesn't track back and use his strengths and not go towards his weaknesses. And it's another situation similar there. I know he's not of uh, Ginola's quality, don't get me wrong, but put in place the system and work it between the defensive unit with free back and all the midfielders. It's perfectly capable to get somebody to sort of slide in whilst Jacob Murphy is making those runs, get somebody to cover the space in that right wing back area so that we can't be hit so many times on the sucker punch and yeah. the position can't well, good delivery. Us, you know what I mean? Because that is what happens nine times out of 10. Opposition managers get to attack us down that flank, and yeah. we do concede so much from down that way. So, um, I would definitely keep him. I'd have said um, a good seven out of ten. I totally agree. I'm happy with you eight out of ten. Um, but yeah, hopefully, the club sort them out the contract and he's at Newcastle next season, mate. Because I think he will be, I think know. it's a no brainer that will keep ahead of him. I know, but I think he doesn't have a brain, mate. That's that's the issue. Told you before he wears slip on shoes, mate, because he can't tie his own bloody laces. So yeah. <laughs> come on, Charlie Man Penfold. Get the contract sorted out. I I completely agree, and I'm sure many others in the in the chat do as well. Um on the centre backs now, and yeah, I think we'll start for Kieran Clark, mate. Um now before I start, right, I, I know Kieran Clark's been good for Newcastle. Um he had a great championship season. Since the promotion season, I think he's been even at the first part of this season was all right, but he he picked up a knock, he picked up an injury, and he came back from that injury, Paul, and he was absolutely bloody terrible. Um, I don't want to be quick to write someone off, but for me, Kieran Clark just did not look the same after this injury, and. It, it might be controversial. I might get shit for it, but I'm going to give him a 4 out of 10. I, I, I don't, <laughs> I, I, that second half of the season, mate, he couldn't find a Newcastle player if he tried. Um, he, he has I, been well. I have, well a lot, I have a lot of respect for Kieran Clark. I really do. He's been an amazing servant for Newcastle United. Um, but Proof people wrong. Mm. Because, because when we signed him, everybody was like, what? We signed him from Aston Villa after what they've done. He's played 22 appearances this season, mate. And in them 22 um, appearances, we've conceded 35 goals. Yeah, he's not been... He's just not been up to scratch, mate, from, race, from that injury. From that injury, he's just... He's been making mistakes. He can't get the ball out properly. Um, Do you remember that game in the League Cup? Not this uh, season gone, but uh, prior when we were down at the City ground. Uh, under our pre previous guys, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember, and he yeah. absolutely played at, at left back that night, and literally he was like he was like the Skittles man, but everything he touched turned to shit. <laughs> um, and I absolutely, I like I blew my head. 
that was one of the worst performances, right, that I'd, I'd ever seen. Now, s- since then, it got used sparingly, but then again, seemed to step it up, seemed to be a consistent, steady Eddie at the back. Not fantastic, but not terrible. But this season, 22 appearances, 35 uh, goals. Um, <laughs> and he, I'm just looking at some of his stats. He tack- tackle success, 58% tackle success. Um, and, and you're quite right. He, he's continuously give the ball away. He's looked shaky. He hasn't looked. <laughs> he's he's just like another another version of Emil Kraft, I suppose you'd say. They, they, every time you get the ball, you're like, oh please, please, please. But it's a difficult one because he has been a lot better recent, like a lot better in recent seasons gone by than what he is now. But based upon the season that he's just had made. I think you're quite right to say that uh, perhaps his time is up. Uh, yeah. But again, my worry would be finances are really, really tight. But uh, if you could get a few million for him, then you know maybe from again a championship, top end championship club, a promoted side, a Watford, somebody like that. Again, I'll say um, then I, I think the correct decision would be to to give him a transfer. Uh, I think four to ten. Uh, yeah, I think you probably will get a little bit of grief in the, in the comments about it. Yeah. If I do, fair uh, enough. But the way yeah. I see it, the way I see it, mate, is I just I just don't think he's that defender anymore. Um, I'd like to see him go to a leading championship team, and that's why I think um, I'd also sell him. Um, I think he'd go to a championship team and do well because the links are. We're being linked with, um, I think it's Asia, Asia from from Celtic. Yeah, um, he's a young defender, and I think he'll come in, and it's either Clark, Lejeune, or both of them that'll part ways for for him. Also, the from Arsenal as well, mate. Uh, is it Salab Salabas or something like that? Ah, uh, Salabas. Yeah, they signed him for twenty-seven million, loaned him out to, uh, might have been Leon. It's certainly some French club for the past two seasons and all that. Um, and they're looking at him seriously for for a loan. I think if if they can't get the Joe Willock thing done potentially on loan, yeah, uh, they could, look to, could look to this lad uh, to you know to come in and he could be a, certainly a backup option to, to you know to the lad uh, from Celtic. But I think there is going to be a reshuffling. Um, I think Brucey being an ex uh, centre back has looked at it. He's looked at the goals we're conceding, so. the lack of clean sheets. Well, I know, I know, but surely professionally. <laughs> he's not that either. Yeah. If he's going to be an expert in any area, if I'm saying if, but if he's to be an expert in any area, surely to God hell, it's going to be uh, defence. Uh, and and we have leaked an awful amount of goals. But what I will say to that, and a caveat to that, it's the same with Clark. A lot of it, mate, comes down to the fact of the absolute moron who is organising it all, and the conductor at the front of it, in being Steve Bruce, and that's why I did say if a lot of the time. But um, mm-hmm. you would think Steve Bruce, with what he did in the game as a player, would be able to help and elevate our defensive uh, players up to be better. What he's, what he's doing, mate, is quite the opposite. He's making the defence worse. And I don't know how that is physically possible. You know, you think about attacking players working working with other, you know, when they retire, working with other ta- attacking players, making them better. Bruce 
seems to think, well, I, if I make them look shit and then I look even better for my day, I don't know. It makes no sense. Uh, but I think, yeah, Kieran Clark um, is, is probably... I mean, I'd wish him well. To I, make some space. I, I would wish him well. And honestly, he would get, he'd get all the praise in the world from me because I think over the last five years, he's been a really good servant for Newcastle. Some amazing performances over the years. But I just feel and like... And a few goals as well. Yeah, and a couple of goals here and there. I just think something's changed. Since that injury, he just does not look the same, mate. Like, Kieran Clark in five years probably had two or three bad performances. Since that injury, every performance has been bad. Like, it just doesn't seem right. It's just not the consistent um, clock that we're, that we're used to. And it just seems like he might need to change the scenery, mate, just to get the best. It, out it might be like it was. He had a similar thing at Villa where he kind of fell off a cliff. Yeah, came close and rejuvenated his career a little bit. Uh, so I think a, a good opportunity like that for him, I think he'd be, I think he'd be golden. Still think he'd be amazing in the championship as well. So for me, I think Kieran Clark was neat for me has to go. But on to the next one. Um, the next one won't be as tough um, for me. I th- uh, Paul Dummett's next. He spent most of the season out, so he's, his number is going to be a little bit lower than than what it would be, just like Darlow, just like Dubravka. Um For me, though, Dummett came in after that uh, after that Brighton game, Paul, where we looked... Well, you needed somebody to stand up. Yeah, and, and, and he did. He was one of the... One of the crop of people that, that did turn up and, and made himself counted uh, Barron trying to score an own goal at Burnley, I don't think he put a foot wrong um, he even scored in one of the games who did he score against, I can't remember he did get one, uh, one goal didn't he in 15 appearances, one goal and it was the Leicester game, because remember it was a corner oh, that yeah. in. corner, yep yeah, yeah. Um, like not bullet at it. it was just literally like you couldn't really miss um, <laughs> it was. It, I mean, he was more surprised than anybody else that he'd been given the time and space. But yeah, what a, a huge goal for him! He hadn't scored in what five years prior. Yeah, unbelievable. I was. Uh, um, yeah, Dummer came in, done really well. Dummer that we came to know and expect really over the last couple of years. Uh, solid as to come, doesn't make a mistake. Kind of what we're no clock to be, just clock kind of not played well in the back end of last season. I uh, think he's a bit like a Gillespie. He's not going to complain if he's not first choice, but he's a crucial player, A, for the dressing room, and B, to be able to bring in to plug gaps when you've got injuries and stuff like that. So, yeah, he's not going to whinge and complain and bitch that he's on the bench, but he'll come in and he'll do a decent job for you. And he's got the uncanny knack of being in the right place at the right time. So you'll constantly be the player who just gets the final touch in to be able to knock it away. Uh, and, I, and I just think, again, if we had some better defenders around him and he would just mop up the little occasional errors, you know, um, I think he gets a lot of... There's people who just don't like him uh, because he's a local lad. I think an extra lot of pressure comes on him, but there's a lot of people who just absolutely love him to bits and uh, he's a model professional um, but yes, his injuries are absolutely shocking. He doesn't get um, small injuries. He gets, you know, crazy long injuries where you, yeah. he, he's gone and you're sort of sitting there thinking, can he come back? Can he come back again? Uh, but he always seems to manage it, no matter who the manager is, what the situation is. 
he does try and put the club, I think, first. He's came in, 15 appearances, one goal. In that time, you had um, six wins, which is obviously really, really crucial. And, um, yeah, I, I thought he's played really, well, really well. Yes, for me, uh, it's a six out of ten because he didn't play all season. But those, those 16 games from coming in, the Brighton game and stuff, phenomenal. Um, if it was over the course of a whole season, it would be a lot higher, but I think six is fair. Um, but as you can always get with something, you get Mr. Solid, Mr. Consistent, so more the same. And I think I can speak on behalf of both of Paul in saying that would uh, would happily keep Paul. Oh, Dummett. you've got to keep Paul Dummett in the ball, yeah, definitely. Um, for sure, definitely keep Paul Dummett. But we might as well move um quickly on to the next one. Fabian Share. This this is a strange one because it's another defender who picked up another injury, Paul. Um and he came back from that injury, got back, and then got sent off and then didn't sail the rest of the season and stuff. But even before that, he was in and out with the team. He was linked with Inter Milan in the January. So he's had a bit of a topsy turvy season, but then he, again, he I think have gone, mate. I, I haven't on, on good authority. I'm not in the know. I don't work for KFC. I'm not like that. Don't shoot me. But I have it on more than good authority that he had bags packed. And it, as far as he was concerned, he was leaving the club in January and we couldn't do business that we wanted to do. So that deal subsequently had to be put on on, on ice. Um, but I think we both really, really rate Fabian Cher. Uh, on his day, I think he could arguably be our best uh, defender. He's the most... Okay. Silky smooth. Um, you can love to watch him. He's got a thunder cunt in his uh, arsenal, um, which you know you love to see. He's been linked with other clubs again. Arsenal uh, back only a season or so ago. They were strongly in interim, but yes, he nearly, nearly, nearly did. Uh, you know, leave eighteen appearances this season, mate. One goal, uh, which was the cheeky of most. Flump, <laughs> most taking the piss penalty that I've ever ever seen, Mister Curry. Season for him, yeah, a really really good solid end of the season, and by all accounts, again nothing officially said by the club to its customers. You know uh, the word uh, that they use for the fan base. Um, supposedly extended his contract for another year. Whether that's just to sell him on to get a resale, or whether that's because uh, you know Bruce wants to keep him, I think we'd be mad to let him go. He can play defensive midfield. He can play, um, obviously, in a two, or he can play in a three. Uh, left-footed as well, which is always nice to have some left-footed uh, options and stuff in there. Um, tackle success isn't exactly uh, fantastic. 31%, mate. Uh, but for me... After the Arsenal game, what yeah. terms of ratings would you give them? I mean... For me, with him not playing much and when we got back getting sent off and stuff, I, I kind of give him any higher than a four, to be honest. If I'm going to be Shannon Clark, I'm going to have to um, talk short, well, tar short <laughs> with his yeah. same brush. But, um, I mean, just, just to make it clear, we know it's not their fault that they got injured, but you've got to take that into consideration when doing the score because at the end of the day, if they're only going to be available half, half of the time, then that is going to have a massive impact on the score that you're able to give because, you know, that's put put us in a more difficult, uh, you know, it's, it's like situation and stuff like that. And that is his Achilles heel. You, I personally think if, if 
Fabian Shea was to stay fit season in, season out, if he was to do a Ward Prowse, right, at Southampton, then I think we would have definitely lost him to a bigger, bigger, in inverted commas, uh, you know, a European chasing team yeah. before now. I think he's a, he is a quality, decent uh, defender um, who's able to do everything John Joe can do, plus a lot, lot more. He can stroke the ball around, he can ping it left, ping it right, and he can bring the ball out. Uh, you know, he's definitely a nice ball-playing uh, defender. And yeah. a player that I, I really, really like, but I think this, your score you've given him, given what you've just given Kieran Clark, is fair in that context. Yeah, well, we're not playing, but I'd, I'd still keep share the reason yeah. for it. Like, uh, people might think, oh, well, you're getting rid of Clark and he's being good servant and you, you get, you're keeping share. Why are you doing that? The reason is, right, we don't have a defender that can pass the ball. If we're bringing age, I don't know what he's like. I don't know much about him. I don't watch Scottish football because it's shit. Um, so any Celtic fans there come at us, I don't care. Any Rangers fans have at us, I don't care. Um, but Shea is the only player that can pass the ball in our defence. You get Fetty who kicks it long. You get Clark who kicks it long. You get Lascelles who kicks it long. You got Dummett who kicks it up. <laughs> um <laughs> We can't pass the ball from the back, and um, I argued with a, with a lad on Twitter about this because uh, Shelby, he this lad likes Shelby, and it's uh, yeah, it's well, we've had many arguments over this one. But one thing he said that I truly think that he's right in is that when we've tried to play out from the back, we've never been able to because we're defence is poor, and it doesn't help the midfield doesn't move much, but. The, if we're trying to play out from the back, you need Fabian Shea there because he can pass and he can pass very well. So for me, you've got to keep Fabian Shea. But um, yeah, for me, well, to move on to Jamal Lascelles, another defender, Paul, with another injury. So it's it's like it's become... so. I'll let I'll let you take take the floor of Lascelles with your stats and stuff because. Honestly, I can't remember what he's done this season, mate, to be honest. Off 19 appearances, mate. 19 appearances, two goals. And in those 19 oh, appearances... Two and two. Aye, two yeah. and two. I remember uh, that. And Wolves. In that 19 appearances, we've won three games out of that 19. Uh, it's, it's not great reading. We had two clean sheets in those 19 games. Um, and he's... Jamal Assels is a player that I, I really, really like and I and I always tend to have that more affinity with the captain of the club, the official captain of the club. So when people were slating Colacini, I was still sticking up for Colacini. He was the club captain. Uh, yeah. it's, it's it's you know it's it's difficult. Uh but if you look at some of these um ones, what I would say is he was fit more towards the beginning of the season. He was he was fit pre- uh, you know, um, the Gator uh, Guardiola coming in. I would like to see him in playing for us more with the Gator uh, Guardiola's uh, influence on the uh, on the back line and everything. Um, but Jamal Lascelles this season hasn't been fit enough, enough, uh, which again, I know it's not his fault, but it's just a fact we need him and our club captain to be fit more often than not. He hasn't been fit enough. Um and when he has when he has played, I don't think he's hit the standards of recent seasons. 
and that needs to change awfully, awfully quickly uh, because you can't have the captain playing so terribly because the captain, uh, as we'll get to with John Joe Shelby in a minute uh, on, the, on the second part, that but one. if the captain, it was, it was like an automatic pick, is playing so so awfully, it is going to hamstring. It is going to hamstring you. Um, so it's a big summer. He needs to get himself his fitness sorted out, his form sorted out, um, because there's no doubt about it. On his day, mate, he's absolutely uh, yeah, fantastic. Um, player. He's been a bargain of a signing. Signing him and Darlow for peanuts, mate, from Forest. Psycho's just been on about it in the past week, saying that was one of the worst deals ever for Nottingham Forest to let those two go for peanuts uh, because of their financial situation and, and stuff at the time. And, and I do tend to agree with Stuart Pearce on, on, on that one, but it's been a, it's not, it, he hasn't showed himself with, with greatness. I don't think this season, mate. No, uh, I agree. I mean, he hasn't been great. Um, we keep him obviously. He had a good little patch in, I think it was before, it was before he got injured. I think he's been slightly better than a couple of the centre-backs we've named, but not much better. So I'd mm. give him a five. Um, I'd definitely keep Jamal LaSalle. So I've got to, got to quickly type this out just to just, just make it look gary for YouTube and stuff. So uh, to bear with us a second, I've got Kep. Uh, no Kep, the Chelsea keeper. I went <laughs> K-E-P-P. I went proper Kep. So we're, we're going with keep. <laughs> we'll keep LaSalle's, but he hasn't had a great season. I'd like to see more of him. Uh, his leadership is obviously needed in the team. Um, so, yeah, for, for me, keep the cells, but obviously I think he's got to improve as well. If he has a season like last season, that next well, next season if he repeats this, obviously I think a few more questions will be asked. But, yeah, for me, five out of t- ten for the cells with, with we're keeping him. Uh, with yeah. Probably looking at him a little bit and say if it continues, maybe maybe change the leave at the end of next season but we'll see hopefully well hopefully we'll have new owners by then it's a different kind of video but yeah or podcast but uh yeah I, um, you are hashtag cans have you seen what nick demarco's put out i know we sidestepping slightly but nick demarco you absolute pure tease putting out a, a picture of uh he's watching the euros he's put football on and cans out. I'm like, uh, I, I covered it straight away underneath there. You absolute tease. Yeah, I just hope we can deliver with a takeover, mate. Um, yeah. But in terms of centre backs, I'll crack on with the last centre back before I move to the left backs. And then it'll be the end of part one. So the last centre back is obviously Ferry Fernandez. I think. In terms of performing centre backs this season, I think Feddy's probably been one most consistent over the whole season. Um, so I think he'll get the highest rating out of all of them for me. I think he obviously solid, shows is good in the tackle. I think with the tackling stats that you've been doing, mate, it wouldn't surprise if Feddy was at the heart with the highest. Um, I mean, don't get us wrong, he's not been like a world beater, but there's been some games where he's just shown to have that bit more ability defensively um i think he made a couple of mistakes at the latter end of the season but i think in terms of consistency you, you get what you get with fernandez he's missed a little bit of the season 
but he's he's been all right. So what's uh, so what's his stats for the season, Paul? Uh, so twenty four appearances, and obviously no goals. In those 24 appearances, nine wins, a tackle success rate of 76%, which is a lot higher than everybody else. And I think with, with Feddy, I think he's been a player who benefits from having uh, playing at the three at the back. I don't think he uh, looks as good as, as a two because I think he's fantastic at heading, organisation, trying to pull players around. Um, I think he's, he's better at that, but he's not the quickest. So he needs somebody around him who's got a little bit of pace to be able to deal with the more nippier sort of type of strikers and everything. But, uh, yeah, he, he puts his body on the line. He'll put his, uh, you know, he'll throw himself in front of stuff. Uh, he gets the head in there. He's big, he's brave. He's quite a big unit. Um, and I think, yeah, out of our, all of our defenders, yes, our defence has been creaky this season, as we've touched on. But, yeah, I think he's been best of, not a bad lot, but a bit of an average uh, job from the, uh, you know, the, the defence this season. Uh, Fernandez, I think, uh, would definitely get a for me at least a six out of ten. Uh, yeah, six. again, this isn't in stone because obviously he's out of contract, mate, in a matter of uh, like a few weeks. Uh, I would keep Federico Fernandez, I think, under the Ashley structure. What are you going to get that's any any better out there? Uh, they're not going to really smash that much cash, let's be honest. So, I would keep Federico Fernandez. Uh, club are trying to play hardball and they don't want to give him more than maybe a one-year contract, possibly a two-year. He wants a three-year contract, a little bit of stability. I think he's settled in the area. His family are settled in the area. Again, um, model professional. And another player will be brought in for next to an outmate who's done a, a, a good, decent job, but 24 appearances. Mm -hmm. um, still not really touching on the player who's in the defence who's been playing all season. But None of them did. out of the current crop, he's done the best, definitely. For me, I'd definitely keep him. Um, there are times in the season where I've seen he's not as quick as he used to be, but that tends to happen when you get to the age he's at. But I still, I think with pace in and around him, I think he'd be okay. So I'd keep Ferry hundred uh, percent. I think. I, I mean, I didn't even know the tackling stats before you mentioned them, but his tackling rate is really high. Um, so yeah, I'd keep keep Fernandez no problem. But the last position of the first episode is the left backs, and I think we've got a I think we've got two to cover before. Yeah, there'll be no head slapping. There's no head slapping that will be done during the recording of this video whilst we're covering the left wing back area. Only because I can't reach you. <laughs> <laughs> but gives uh, a it might be different. But um, I it's yeah. For, well, we'll start with Jamal Lewis. I think it's really poor, poor first season for Jamal. Um, kind of got rolled off by Steve Bruce early. A uh, couple of really poor performances, mate, and it's a shame because we paid a lot of money for this kid, and it's like we're expecting a raw talent, but defensively, he's not not good at all. Um. There's a lot of frailties in his defensive game, and I, I'm gonna have to be I'm gonna have to be harsh again, mate. I can't give him any higher than a three. I, th I think he's been shite this season, to be honest. I I still think there's a lot of potential there, and I'd keep him. Don't get us wrong, I'd still keep him, but he's got to get shit together, like because we I, I do. Right, I wouldn't be surprised if a Norwich came in with a cheeky loan offer for him. Uh, there, there's there's a premonition, shall we say, 
Uh, again, I'm not in the know. I don't work for KFC, but it's just my good feeling that uh, Norwich could well, well, well come in for him. Now, when we signed him, I think we both would admit that we were pretty pleased that he signed. Young, yeah. exciting, talented, but <sighs> defensively, I think he's been uh, found out a little bit, a little bit naive. Has he benefited from being with Steve Rose? No. no, he has. He has not. He's definitely gone back over. But let's just remind ourselves that Liverpool was strongly after this lad, uh, at you know at, at one point. Um, so there's definitely, definitely, definitely a player in there, and I think with a better coach. I mean, let, let's be honest. I've touched on it before. I think the Graham would be a better coach than Steve Bruce. I think Mrs. Bruce and an Apple Crumble would be better than Stevie Bruce. Um, but Jamal, sorry, Jamal Lewis has really struggled um, since coming to Newcastle. 24 appearances, no goals yet. Seven wins in those 24 appearances. Uh, tackle success, 54%. Uh, sort of tells you something. But I think his, his uh, thing, only one block shot. Uh, we've conceded 37 goals in those 24 games. And again, it's another thing that I think when he's played... Opposition managers have targeted his. I think he's got a lack of confidence, um, and I think if he was a little bit more confident, had a little bit more support, maybe an arm around him. I think he's one of them players who needs a bit of an arm around him and a little bit of a conjoling up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I also think as well, we were stupid not to have an experienced uh, player available all season. It was a specialist in that role. Matt Ritchie's a right winger who's asked to play as a left wing back, right? He does a fantastic cracking job. Don't get me wrong. But if you had a Jeffrey Williams or somebody like that in to sort of mentor him and to sort of like, you could bring him in and out and he, he can pass on those little secrets and stuff like that of the game. Uh, and if he could maybe bulk up a little bit, I think physically maybe needs to be a little bit more athletic looking. Um, in this sort of age of Premier League football that that we're in, um, I still think there's a player there, but he does need somebody, I think, to mentor him and to put the arm around him and just to sort of like boost him up a little bit. I would definitely keep him, but I agree with what you're saying, mate. I think the score has to be low because I think we both expected a lot more of him, and I think we both thought that he'd be first choice left back all all season, and he's been fit. He's been fit and available for most of the season and he's played international football. He's done that okay. Um, but he, again, he just hasn't done it at, at, at Newcastle and he looks really, really shaky. Really shaky. When the, when the pressure's on down his side, you do worry. I do. I mean, there's a lot of potential in the kid and I gave him a free. Um, Paul, I haven't been happy with his season at all. Um, he does need that manager that's going to get the best out of him and I don't feel Steve is that man um, I feel Rafa will get something out of him but obviously Rafa hasn't been here for two years I managed to get Rafa in another podcast <laughs> but uh, yeah he's a player that needs to be micromanaged and that's what Rafa used to do really really well that Bruce doesn't uh, Bruce sits there and um, he's about as much use as a chocolate fire guard on, on, on the touchline to be fair, during the game, he does nothing. But if you go back to a Rafa Benitez game, he is constantly micromanaging every aspect of the game. Players are coming off at half-time, full-time, arm around them, having a word with them. Bruce doesn't do that, mate. And, Les, and um, I keep wanting to say Lascelles. <laughs> Lewis uh, would benefit 
um, so much from from that sort of approach. But uh, very early in his Newcastle career, he can certainly turn it around, and he's no Ashlaf uh, Lazar. That's that's for certain, mate. You may hate him, Paul, but he's won the championship twice. He's done some of Sunderland kind of and D <laughs> twice. But um, no, hey, I did something Sunderland couldn't do. Even I found the the bloody um, <laughs> the division three. I, I was stumble, stumbling around a park in Rotherham, and I come across um, <laughs> the trophy for the um, division three playoffs. So even I managed to. <laughs> Aye, but um, yeah, to go on to the last, the last one of the episode, Matt Ritchie. Um, for me, I think ever since he's came in from, from the, came in from the cold. Let's be honest, he he came in, he came in from the cold. It seems to be, uh, yeah, from 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 coming out the cold, from this argument, from the fight that he had, he was he's from with Steve Bruce in the training ground. He came in. He was absolutely phenomenal for at least for for all of them games. He had he had a massive part in it. His leadership, his grit, his determination. It really had something on the team. It really kind of gave the team something after the humiliation at Brighton. We needed some inspiration, and I think Matt Ritchie led a contingent of Dummett. Um, the long staffs coming well, Sean coming back in, and a couple of others to really help keep the team up. Uh, so for me, Matt Ritchie gets gets a seven. Um, I'd keep him as well for sure. Um, I think his leadership say he was he was ne- he was linked nearly out the door in January where he nearly went to back to Bournemouth. But yeah, for me, for me mate, it's a hundred hundred percent. We've got to keep Matt Ritchie, and I think. Them last sixteen games that he was a part of, well, I say last sixteen, probably last twelve after Brighton. I think, um, yeah, I, I, I think I think you've got to you you've got to have him as a major part of your team. Even if we don't invest on the right hand side, you could probably play Matt Ritchie right wing back, and he'd be competent there. And then you bring in Jet Rovellems, who looks like he's coming back in to the team on a permanent. Um, it, it it all points to a free transfer as soon as the transfer window properly opens. In fact, it already is open, man. So it's imminent. It, it could be imminent at any point by the looking at that. But yeah, I'd keep Matt Ritchie uh, seven or ten. Absolute absolute baller, mate, Ritchie. Um, yeah, with the determination, the the leadership. He's just he just ticks every box for a team yeah. that were a mess at the time. He's again. He's a utility player, mate. You could play him like you said on the right. You can play him on the left. He has played this season as well further forward. Let's not forget that when we needed him to be on the right side of the uh, the front three, he's played that role and stuff as well. He was man enough to go up to Steve Bruce, even though I felt that Matt Ritchie was probably in the right. But he was man enough to go up to him, shake his hand, uh, apologise in front of the squad, uh, and that shows you a lot about Matt Ritchie and the, and the man that he is. Um, Talking about the, the the character and the fire and the determination, him coming back into the team and Newcastle's form picking up is no coincidence to me whatsoever. Eight in appearances this season, um, during that time seven wins, uh, no goals this season though for uh, um, you know for, for Matt Ritchie. Yeah, a couple of assists though, Paul. He's he, got has, he has had a couple of assists yeah. and 
and, and, and he's got he's got that in, in his locker. Um, normally he takes penalty kicks, but I think he's been a little bit put off because he's missed one or two recently. Yes, he wanted to, to go back to Bournemouth. He wasn't getting the game time. That's perfectly understandable. But again, a professional. He's not. He's not sulking about it. He's not got the tit on. He's uh, you know uh, grafting hard and doing it for the club. He's like he, he gets Newcastle. He gets the fans, and he gets doing things you know doing things the right way and everything and like you touched on keep all day long yeah 100 percent. and uh yeah for the first part of we'll keep ourselves video slash podcast yeah that's that's it um, and are, are we not touching on, on lejeune though um well, would, you, I, would you keep yourself in i was gonna at the end at the end of part two, I was actually going to do a do the do the loan players. So Woodman, Lejeune, um, Cast, Watts, and Songari. I was going to touch touch on them separately. The Yobi section. Um, hi. So we'll um, so we'll touch on that towards That's the end of part there. two. Yeah. Um, so we'll just do that then, mate. But um, hi. Yeah. So this this one's part one. Part two will be out in a couple of days, or for us in about two minutes' time. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but uh, it, it should be a good one. So if you haven't, please like and subscribe to uh, Magpie Twenty Four Seven. If you're listening on the podcast, um, please follow on that as well. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the whole shebang. So if you want to um, interact with on the daily when Newcastle's concerned, we're there every day. So. Uh, have a bit of crack on with we. but aye till the next episode we'll love you and leave you and we'll uh, we'll catch you in a bit see you later